0: What is an IPO? What can they tell us about a corporation? And why should the average person care? We'll answer all of these questions and more on this edition of Getting Schooled. I'm Abby Hornacek. Have you ever been in the middle of listening to a podcast or a news report about an inspirational entrepreneur or game-changing tech startup when all of a sudden it sounds like they're speaking another language? Words like IPO, shares, seed round, angel investor, and other fiscal business terms can be confusing. But when you're able to break them down, these terms really help us learn more about the corporations themselves. Think of understanding financial terms as the key to revealing more information about a corporation's value, success, and worth. But if I'm going to figure out what exactly... IPO means, I'm going to need a guide. So today I'm bringing Susan Lee back on the podcast. She's a Fox Business correspondent and she's going to walk us through IPO. Susan, thanks so much for coming on. I'm looking at her beautiful face right across from me, which is so great because I feel like I see you around the office all the time, but it's been a while since we've worked together. Yeah, but I love watching you on television. Speaking of gorgeous, I can't take my eyes off you. I love watching you. Absolutely. And Susan Lee is probably the smartest person that I know. And no. everyone listening can can take that to, to heart because every all of my listeners are extremely smart. I don't know them personally, though. So I don't know how <laughs> smart they actually are. But Susan Lee is, is way up there.
1: I know there. personally you're very smart. And I love, I'm obsessed with you on Instagram. I think I'm Instagram hunting you. Just uh, seeing where well, is she this week?
0: I'm glad that the feeling is reciprocated because I do it to you as well. So this is great. I'm glad that we're here. And since you're so smart, we're going to make everyone smarter by telling them about IP IPOs yeah, hopefully not bore them. No, um, hopefully not. Some education would be great. I, you're not very boring, so I think we're we're in a we're in a mm. good shape here. Arguable. Okay. <laughs> All right. So can you just give
1: me the basic textbook definition of an IPO? Okay. Textbook definition yes. of an IPO. So here here I'm a company. So we'll use Robinhood because they're IPOing today. That's probably the, the most talked about one. So I'm a company like Robinhood. I need to raise money somehow because I need to build out my business, right? Mm. And stop me if I'm getting too complex and geeky because I. I have the tendency to do that quite Bring it often. On. Uh okay. <laughs> So, Robinhood needs to raise cash because they need to do something with their business. So, what they do is they sell stock. So, I will sell one stock, one share in my company, which is Robinhood, for a certain price. And for that stock, you have ownership in that company. Now, it depends on how much stock they sell and that depends on how much how much equity or stock you you have or control you have in Robinhood per se. OK, so how much do you know or how do you know how much to sell it for? That's a great question, because in this Wall Street world, because that's how you IPO these days, you have to go through the Wall Street banks. So the Goldman Sachs of the world, the JP Morgan, they're called the book runners or the underwriters of these IPOs. Again, stop me if I'm getting no, too complex I like and it. geeky. And what they do is they go out to all the billion dollar funds out there. So your pension fund, which might be Fidelity or, say, T. Rowe Price, and they say, we have this stock that on offer. Here's the company, Robinhood. Robinhood is doing great. They have growth of 25% in accounts that have been open over the past year. They're making this type of amount of sales, which is high growth. Growth as well. They're selling stock in their company. Do you want to buy into this company at this specific range of price? And then, depending on the interests that they have from these billion-dollar funds, then they'll price the stock at whatever the demand is. If it's high, it's obviously in the high end. If it's low, obviously on the lower end. Right. Yeah. So
0: this is basically the transition between uh, from a private company to a public company. That's right. Couple questions about that. At yes. what point do so you smart. decide yes. to go from private to public? Well, you need money. You need some money, <laughs> yeah. right? So, is there usually is there like a range? You wait until it's a unicorn company. How does that work?
1: Well, actually, these days things have changed so much because there's just so much private money out there. These family offices, these billionaires that don't need to invest in public markets like like the like Wall Street or U.S. stock markets, they'll just say to a unicorn, "Well, if you need money, come to me." Because first of all, it's good for them because they get at a way cheaper price than they would Mm. on... On the stock market, and they're buying into a high-growth company, right? So these days, actually in the last ten years, a lot of these big Silicon Valley and just these unicorns—Robinhood's a great example of that—they have had, they haven't had to go into the public markets or the stock market to raise cash. They can just go and call up some of these billionaires or these venture funds in Silicon Valley, saying, "Give me two billion dollars," which is kind of what they did at the height of the GameStop saga mm. in January, right? When they had to raise emergency cash in order to clear those trades. So. Right. Right. You know, going public these days isn't necessarily a, a first step for them to raise cash. Why
0: would a company choose to stay
1: private? rather than oh, go public. So when you're a public company, things change. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of things change. So now the reporting, so you have to open up your books, right, to your public shareholders. And that, that means a lot of information is given out. Here's how our sales are doing. You know, here's how much money we're making. And here are, say, some of the headwinds or the risks to our business. As a private company, you don't really have to do that. You don't have to give people a look under the hood necessarily, except if they're your billion dollar investors, right? right? Yeah. But when you're a public company, things have to open up and you have to be a lot more transparent as well. And you're also giving up a lot of ownership to be honest Mm. um, in public markets to more people. So then what's the biggest benefit to going public then? Raising cash obviously. Um, I would say also it's brand building because look at how much we're talking about say a Robin Hood today. Oh yeah. They're raising two billion dollars. You know they're opening it up to average investors so there are tons of people that now care about this company and obviously it's part of the zeitgeist since people are average people are, are using Robinhood now to trade
0: their stocks. So, yeah, it, it, that's a great point. It, they These companies, when they go public, garner so much media attention. Yes. So then, who is in charge of helping these companies since you are adding a lot of extra factors? You mm-hmm. know, you're having to gauge the interest,
1: at the IPO price, that those types of things. Well, as I mentioned to you, the IPO process goes through Wall Street, so the mm-hmm. investment banks, they're, they're not doing this for charity, as you can imagine. <laughs> no, no, definitely they, not. Yeah, if they're the book runners or the under- underwriters in these IPOs. They provide, obviously they, they sell the shares to those billion dollar funds out there, but they also take a cut in what we call commission fees for this entire process to market it to the individuals and obviously help them get through the uh, the, the process of the IPO, which is, you can imagine, is heavily administrative. Oh my gosh, you can of imagine. Lawyers involved.
0: Yeah, I'm not part of that process, and that's I never will fun. be. I don't think. No. <laughs> you never know. Maybe one day, hopefully, maybe you and I start a business. It becomes a unicorn company. We're hey, we're good to go. I like and that. yeah, a, and, and I like the fact that we can buy stock in Abbey one day. That, well, the, I don't know if you want right that. There. That might be a negative negative value. But um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so so then that brings up a good point. Can anyone invest in an IPO? Yeah, pretty much. If you can get some allocation in it. Well, okay. So in an IPO in this case in particular, I guess it's mostly... Mostly for the billion dollar hedge funds or the pension funds, as I mentioned, those are the ones that get the first stab or the allocation. Those are the stocks that are doled out saying you get this many shares. You have to put in orders. You don't necessarily get all the shares you ask for mm. in IPOs. But once it goes public, right, once it IPOs and today we're going to see Robinhood trade on the NASDAQ, once it becomes public, anybody can buy it. You don't necessarily get it at the cheaper pricing that you do in IPOs because there is a discount there in order to attract the billion dollar funds, you have to give them a little bit of an opening, saying a little bit of a discount. And and especially if the stock really pops and rallies on day one, like you saw with Airbnb, it was up like 80% oh, after yeah. less than, what, five hours of trade. I mean, that's, that's some pretty lucrative profit you can pocket there.
0: All right, we've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. How do you think Robin Hood will do? By the way, I should mention that today is Thursday. This is coming out on Sunday. So people who are listening... Thursday is the day that we're talking about this. So will Susan Lee have a great <laughs> prediction? We'll know
1: by someday, but what's your prediction? I, well, the so indications are, so they sold their stock at $38 a piece. And mm-hmm. right now the indicated open is only 39 bucks. So I don't think there's going to be that much upside compared to say the DoorDashes or the Airbnb that we saw at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. So it, it might be a little bit disappointing. Well, but you know, again, people buy into stocks because they look at the growth of, of the company, right? So if Abby Hornacek is not growing anymore, you're not paying that much of a premium, right? Yeah, no, I doubt that'll happen. She's washed up. <laughs> I don't think that's long gonna time happen. ago. <laughs> yeah, a
0: long runway. It all goes downhill from here. <laughs> um, so then, why why do IPOs matter to the average person?
1: Because you're getting to buy early in on a stock and a company that's still growing. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, it's interesting. I was just talking and comparing Robinhood to Facebook. Remember Facebook back in 2012? And it's similar because Robinhood really cares about the average little guy, right? The, right. Like me and you. The We're not billion-dollar hedge funds or, or no. pension funds. You're not yet. Yeah. But I, you might, you know. yeah <laughs> um, I'm not sure that's going to happen. But So, in this case, in the Robinhood IPO, they're giving thirty thousand percent of the available stock to the little guys like me and you. The last time that happened in, with a significant company was Facebook. 25 percent of uh, the stock back then in 2012 was given to average people like me and you. Can you imagine back in 2012 if we bought Facebook at $35? Oh, man. <laughs> It's trading at I, close to three fifty right now. <laughs> I so wish. we've made ten times our money. Yeah, wow. So then um for You would still be friends with me if you made ten times your money, right? Um I
0: I would split it with you. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. A, I would give you eighty, I would keep twenty. Oh,
1: my God. Yeah.
0: Okay. I know. It just mostly as a payment for coming on this podcast and elevating it that much higher. I think you're just very charitable,
1: <laughs> <I think. laughs> which is a nice thing to have. Well,
0: well hopefully. You know, I, I wish that would happen to me. But, um, so then for you, you, you talk about business all the time. You're extremely uh, proficient in it. I'm why do boring, I, Why do no?
1: IPOs matter to you? Well, IPOs matter to me because I, I love these new companies that have just really grown a business. Like, Did you know that you needed a Facebook back in 2000? too. No. No, didn't. but you know, now everybody's addicted to it. They have three and a half billion monthly visitors. So yeah, we're all addicted to That's a lot. Instagram, WhatsApp, Facebook. And I love the fact that you have a chance to buy into these, these growing companies, these new companies. I would say three years ago, did you know you needed to trade GameStop on Robinhood? <laughs> no, but now you do. And there are 22 and a half million people that do. So I just love the fact that you can build new businesses. It's a, an evolution of the economy, how things are changing, and they're changing very quickly, consumer demand, consumer trends, and just how we live life. I just love the fact that these companies are just changing all of that.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm curious, from your perspective, because you are around this all the time, do you think that we're trending in a good direction, or do you think we're trending in a, a scary direction? I think
1: in a great direction. Good. Because, uh, you know, I... Um, I I'm on Stuart Varney's show and Stuart Varney is of an older generation. <laughs> and we were talking about the because he's 73 years old. So before Robin Hood, like I can go on Robin Hood now on my app and just, you know, I can trade 10 shares of IBM instantly, right? In a matter of seconds. And I can do that just on my phone. Back in his day, and we're talking about what the late 1970s, he had to walk physically into a brokerage house. He had to fill out a piece of paper and say, I want 10 shares of of IBM, and he didn't even know if he would get those IBM shares at the end of the day. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of like
0: cash. You know, we yes. we use cash less now. With Credit card. It's so easy to swipe, swipe, swipe. You don't really know what's happening. Yeah. That's the same thing with with these apps, though. I mean, you're trading, and you never know. Um, sometimes you don't follow them. But if you're going and you're actually physically filling out the paper, you're like, I'm
1: in this. But I love the fact also in this case, Robinhood, is that average people like me and you, we're you know we're young investors, and we play. Right. In the Stock market, back then, I would say 20, 30 year olds probably didn't have access to the stock markets. And I think the fact that you're democratizing this, making this a younger access for people and individuals growing up that get, get access to money creation and value creation and wealth creation, I think is a wonderful thing. I agree. All right, I'm going to end with this because
0: I have you and I feel like this is a great opportunity to ask you for what is your biggest piece of advice, not to put
1: you on the spot, biggest piece of advice for people who are trying to invest. <laughs> Don't bet with money you can't afford to lose. So if you need that money for rent, don't put that in the stock market. Put it into your rent. <laughs> My landlord won't understand. <laughs> <laughs> and never trade on debt, meaning don't trade more than you actually have. Margin is very dangerous, especially when you're not a professional looking at the stock markets each and every day. But I'm excited, Abby. Can, can you imagine in the next 20 to 30 years how our lives will change? No. Like can you imagine flying cars and, you know, just a virtual world that will live in that's what I'm excited by
0: yeah right now we have the trains and there there's a lot of crime on trains right now yes. maybe once we're up in the air that'll that'll diminish a little bit hopefully so please take me for a ride in your flying car okay anytime girl fantastic <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll uh I'll you drive I'll ask you all the questions on the way to work how's excellent. that <laughs> excellent all right Susan Lee thank you so much for joining you're very busy so we appreciate you coming on thank you so much All right, if you missed anything from class, these are my office hours, and here are some top takeaways from my conversation with Susan Lee on IPOs. Number one, Susan explains that the stock market has changed vastly because there's a lot more private money out there. So many of the hit Silicon Valley tech companies don't need to go public to raise cash because they can get access to private money through venture funds and more. Number two, Susan reminded us that when companies go public, a lot of information is given out. Public companies have to report a lot of financial information to the public. You have to be transparent and you're really giving up a lot of ownership to public markets. And number three, Susan tells listeners that the stock market and buying stocks has changed radically. Things are happening fast these days and almost anyone can hop online and buy stocks. Susan reminds listeners to be careful though and don't invest money in the stock market that you do not have. Thanks so much for joining me during this lesson on IPOs. For more podcasts, go to foxnewspodcast.com and don't forget to subscribe to this one on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen and leave us a review. This has been Getting Schooled with Abby Hornacek on the Fox News Podcast
1: Network. Class dismissed.